0: hello everybody and welcome to another episode of another film podcast my name is Tierney.
1: my name is colin my name is matt <laughs>
2: <laughs> and we have this week another special guest uh in our oscar run uh this being my good friend kyle who i used to do podcasts with back in the day welcome kyle
3: hello i'm kyle
1: That's him. We did
3: it. Sorry.
2: (laughs) No, 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 you're fine. That
1: was so much better than the last time.
2: Yep. We just (laughs) never know how to do these. We're really bad at this part. That's Um, all right.
0: Our our one listener listener will understand.
2: Yeah, they've been sending us a lot of fan mail.
0: (laughs) That one person. (laughs)
2: That one. That one person. Just Just a lot of chain letters and uh, one picture image file in the body of an email and just says. If you send this this to ten people,
0: your crush will ask you out.
2: Mm -hmm. yeah exactly anyway uh this week we are talking about the 1976 film which was nominated for best picture but did not win which is the current theme of these three movies that we've done uh we're watching network uh which was my choice for this category uh so i guess i'll intro with how i uh knew about it and my you know background with the movie Watched it in college, I I can't remember what class <clears throat> it was for, but I think maybe a screenwriting class, which would make sense. Yeah. But, Watch Network, remember being pretty blown away back then uh, with just how uh, sharp this movie is. I, in an acting class <clears throat> in college, did the Mad as Hell uh, monologue, but as... James Spader's character from Boston Legal. Oh, Alex boy. Shore. And it was... I forgot you used there. to love those so much. I fucking love Boston Legal.
3: Yeah, yeah that's right.
2: W- one reboot I want. It's a 90-year-old William yeah. Shatner and current-day James Spader back in action. Anyway.
1: Now, quick but, question. Uh, yeah. Are... So, like... William Shatner and James Fader have aged, but have their characters yes. aged? Or does this reboot yes. pick up right at the exact moment? Because <laughs> I think that would be a little bit more fun, just like in continuity, yeah. like a week later, they just happen to be 20 years older. I would take it. I okay. would take it. They. I think the series ended
2: with them getting married, and so <laughs> whatever they do now with that would be ex- just extraordinary to watch. Anyway... <laughs> That speech, is, or that monologue, is really fun and kind of well known from this movie. And uh, yeah, so uh, another friend of mine, Mike, Mike, was also telling me to rewatch this recently. So I was like, now's the time. And God, it's just as sharp as it was back then. Uh, I'm always, I always have a lot of fun with this movie.
1: So I'm excited to hear what everyone else thought. Who wants to go next? You can well, go I mean, ahead. Kyle, if you want to go, since you're the only other one who's seen oh, it no. before. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, actually, that's interesting because the reason I'm like a decade ago when Matt and I were doing a really other uh, shitty podcast, he like made an <laughs> offhand comment about like how uh, prescient this movie was, and I had never seen it at the time, and I just like had that burrow in my brain for about a decade, um, but I, I don't really know how I came to this movie other than just knowing it was like a dope movie. I would like watch YouTube clips. <clears throat> and then I saw it. And it's all, like, it's a perfect <laughs> fucking movie. It's like the best movie. It's, it's yeah, I have like so many, I, I love this movie so intensely. I, I love like William Holden in it. <clears throat> as this like crusty old motherfucker after doing like Sunset Boulevard. And I don't know. I Yeah, I think that, Obviously, I think it won best adapt like the best screenplay. Yep. Right. That's like mm-hmm. its only claim to fame at the time, but yeah, it's just like an incredibly sharp, incredibly forward-thinking screenplay that is like so unbelievably cynical, and like every uh, endearing character gets cut by their own. It's just perfect. It's yeah, I love this movie. <laughs> yeah.
2: I was I didn't know how to put it, but like before we recorded, I was like it feels like such a big movie that I don't know if I can like know how to talk about it without just like saying what it is. But I am excited to see where the conversation goes because it does feel like it's firing on all cylinders yeah. in a way where you're like, <laughs> I like can't comprehend
1: how all these things are working together at this level. But, yeah. uh, I also I, feel the same. I'll jump in there. Cause I think, so I had never seen it before. I watched it last night. Um, I did like this movie and I also like we, we will talk more about how like this movie was made you know almost 50 years ago and watching it in 2021 is like holy shit <laughs> like my god <laughs> like this how apt a lot of the stuff they were doing there is still today um I didn't love it but like I at minimum like really appreciated it for like what it was but it's it's like the thing I kept thinking as I was watching it last night I was like, this is just so much movie <laughs> It's just the whole so it. much Everything <laughs> Like, the, Just like the acting is a lot The writing is a lot The direction, like it's just A lot And, and that, not that that's a bad thing It was just like at, at points when I was watching it last night I was just like, oh my god I just need to like, yeah. just like Take a breather here Because <laughs> I'm just so overwhelmed uh, which makes it sound like I'm more negative on the movie than I actually I was, because like, I did enjoy it quite a bit, but it was it was definitely not quite... I didn't really know what to expect, but it wasn't what I was expecting in a very bizarre way. Very cool. Ty- Tyranny. <laughs> Tyranny's just like, did you I watched it. You're,
0: uh... Uh, I did watch it. I... Uh... Did not like it. <laughs> wow. at, so, pretty much at all. So, okay. So There's, like, very wow. few. You guys might convince me during this conversation, but at the, I was like, that, at the moment, there are few redeeming qualities.
1: <laughs> so, wow. to give everyone a peek behind the curtain, uh, I thought that that might be the case, because Tierney usually watches the movies earlier in the week. I usually watch them... Like, the night before we record or sometimes that day, and Matt's usually in the similar time frame that I am. So I texted them <laughs> last night, and I was just like, hey, I'm about to start Network, hopefully this is better than the last 1970s end-titled movie that we watched for the pod, which was Nashville, which we all hated, <laughs> if you'll, yeah, okay. you'll remember. Just disliked
3: it. And, oh, really? <clears throat> that's a bummer.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And Tierney's response was just the like like the Anxious all teeth emoji. on yeah, just like the really uncomfortable emoji and I was like, Oh, she probably watched it and I don't know if she liked it. So Yeah. I kinda wanna hear what are the Yeah, what,
0: what are the barbs. Like <laughs> um well, I hate everyone in it. There's no one that I like. Yeah. Yeah. And to be honest. I think William
3: Holden's a pretty endearing character. Who does like, he play? He plays the he, uh, Max the like executive producer for um What's Peter Finch? Is that his yeah. Yeah. name? Adult yeah. The
2: adulterer. Yeah,
3: yes. The, 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 the fact that he's unfaithful is, like, barely mentioned. Um, but, yes, he seems to be, like, the only person who's, like, slightly a voice of reason in the entire movie. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. But even so, not really. So, to me, I guess I, like, wrote a couple things down. I didn't take <clears throat> notes while watching it. But uh, the first one is that I hate everyone. The second sure. one is that there's too much screaming, far too much screaming. Like, oh my God. that <laughs> level of performance, I don't need that in my life. <laughs> Just, like, more could be said with less volume. <laughs> um, there
2: is a lot of yelling. There's a lot of, I mean, like, Peter Finch yelling. Uh, Faye Dunway has some big yells. Oh,
0: every line is a yell
2: for her. Yeah. I mean, even when they're, like, fighting in the boardrooms and stuff, mm. everyone
1: is yelling. Every yeah. actor is, in this movie is on one For the entire movie Which is fine Like like, it worked for me I was gonna say It worked for me But I could also Like I could see how it would be Off-putting
0: So Maybe if I I was in a different mood Or something I don't know Yeah It's an
1: aggressive movie That's for sure
0: Yeah Yeah And then The other thing was like This part I don't really know How to How to phrase So the The message of the movie Is not something that like I like my interpretation of the message is that television is just garbage, and that like people just give people what they want, which isn't something I would disagree with. It just felt messy, which is interesting. Why you guys are talking about it being such a great script? Because I was like, this just feels like a mess. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's. I think
2: it's. I don't know if it's about TV being bad. I think it's yeah. about and people, TV
0: and people being bad.
2: Well, but also about the systems that are in place that are bigger than an individual. I think it sure. it reveals really what the point is at the end with like the boardroom and this kind of understanding that it's all about ratings, but ratings for a company that's owned by a company and there's really right.
1: no control.
2: That's getting bought
1: people. out by <laughs>
2: a shady yeah. conglomeration
1: from a different country. <laughs> like, just. Yeah. Right,
3: I mean, like, that's, that's, like, the, right? Like, I, I was going to say something when you were saying you didn't like it. It's, like, my immediate impulse is, or, like, that they're so overacting, is there is something kind of bizarre about this, like, movie that's 50 years old now that is, the whole movie is, like, building up his arc as this, like, Messiah figure. And obviously, like, you watch his own fall, but... There is something even more cynical about the idea of like looking at his big mad as hell speech and saying like that's overblown. Like that's sort of like a – that feels like a modern day type of irony or cynicism about something that is in itself making fun of cynicism at the time.
0: Yeah.
3: Um, I don't know. I mean I'm sure there's something interesting there. But like <clears> – <throat> yeah, I think that's the point. And then you see that like big Nate Betty speech – Putting like a perfectly cogent argument together for like why this whole thing was stupid to begin with and how our entire infrastructure is operated by businesses that everyone is totally dependent on and it's a totally necessary thing. And that this entire time that he thought he was freeing some system and he was just doing exactly what these brand executives wanted in a very like particular organized way. I I don't know. Yeah. It just it feels like an idea that has been it's not so much that like every individual line is like super sharp or cutting, although I do think it has some like super sharp and cutting lines and, and all that, but it just feels like an idea that has been thought about from every single direction. Like every conceivable tangent that comes off of this like original nugget of an idea has been explo- it like explored and completely analyzed about why something in and of itself that is a thread could be just as destructive or whatever.
2: Yeah. And I think it, it shows, I at least finally understood kind of the Mao Zedong hour where it's like uh, yeah. giving, giving communists <laughs> a slot on the television yeah. programming. Yeah.
3: yeah. And how, and they, hiring like the black Panther. Yeah. It's so yeah. good. Anyways. <laughs> and then
2: like mer- how they both get drawn into this like black hole of, commerce of now they're right. worried about ratings and what their deals are and how that works and so ideals go out the window as soon as everything becomes about money and so right. like and that's what the boardroom speech <laughs> is is basically saying like you can have religions and you can have ideals yeah. and you can have democracy or communism but it's none of it matters the
3: only thing yeah. that is actually happening He's there are like, no yeah. nations. There are no peoples. Yeah, yeah. it's just. There's money. only one system of. Si- I watch that clip like every fucking day. I think that is the <laughs> best. I love that fucking scene so much. It is so fucking like mean spirited and awful and. That was... And then he ends it. That's like beautiful. Like and every everyone will be tranquilized. Uh, yeah, it's perfect. That was it's the a super of that villain. Shit.
2: Yeah. yeah, when but I was like yeah, yeah. totally villainous
1: yeah when i was watching it last night that speech was the one where i was just like oh boy <laughs> like yeah. this was written in the 70s and it could have been written like yesterday <laughs>
3: like, yeah. it just I-, I think it has an optimism about it though like i think that's what i like when i was talking about it earlier about like this kind of like 2021 perspective of cynicism which probably has a lot to do with exactly how awful, like, crony capitalism has gotten and all this other shit, but, like, there is definitely, like, an endearing nugget of optimism that he's pitching, which is, there is another way. Like, this business system, operating as it should, will will please all of society. Like, everything will be accounted for. And we may have to use stupid systems like tricking people who aren't paying attention by using television, but, like, ultimately the goal is... For every person to be involved, I mean, it's it's the fundamental I, like pitch behind capitalism, which is like you work hard and you get it. Mm-hmm. But so again, we're uh, sorry.
0: No, you go. Okay. I uh, was <laughs> just gonna say, like,
3: it's like the twenty twenty one perspective of that is like none of that works. So like, it, it even watching that, you're like, he knows how bad it's gonna get, and like he's yeah. pitching bullshit. But when I watch it, it seems like somebody was like earnestly saying like. What I am... What I am saying... Like, you even see Howard Beale say, like, I've seen the face of God. Like, he he gets it. He fucking buys into this message of, like, a college of businesses that's going to save all of humanity. And he fucking... He ruins his entire life preaching it from that moment on.
0: Yeah. Sorry. No, that's that's right. Uh, There was a part of me that was like, maybe I just don't get this movie. Because that, like... I think 30 Rock did a better job of showing that everything is a business than this movie did. <laughs> to where I feel like every it, that message for me just got buried. To where I didn't I like couldn't find it and then by the time that speech came around I just like didn't care anymore. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Which is like definitely I also like fell asleep <laughs> halfway through no. watching this the first time and then I had to go back. And so I I probably is like some of it is my viewing experience but I just if that had been more clear I think I would have been more interested.
3: <laughs> I just like circle back and I just want to say that to like button up all the shit I was going to say sorry to oh, no, to catch up. Like when I was saying a second ago like how it feels like an idea. I don't think that is like the central thesis to this movie. Oh. And I don't I don't know what I would say is the central thesis to this movie. But like the idea that there is a guy at the center of this Ned Beatty's character who's pitching this television company as just a business and why Howard Beale's role is a necessity. That just feels like a thread that is mm. all around this like, central nugget of an idea. I wouldn't say that I don't think the movie is about how businesses are great or not great or anything. I just think that is a thread that has been fully explored like by way of the screenplay.
0: It's possible that I just didn't get it. I did think about that <laughs> while I was watching it. I was like, I, I, don't, I don't get this. <laughs> okay, what is I think I, it what is so it cynical.
2: Say? Yeah, it's yeah, so it, cynical it, that it does so cynical. It kind of reminds me of like American Psycho, which I've said about other movies of like when you watch it the first time, you don't entirely know what you're watching because you're like, is this a horror movie? And then like in looking deeper, you're like, oh no, it's so over the top because it's a satire. It's like yeah. meant to be ridiculously over the top to like put a blinding light on something and i think mm-hmm. this does that almost i think the other thing that i wrote down was like succession i was reminded me of succession in terms of like these people have no lives they're just these like empty husks yeah. that are trying to get ratings and trying to manipulate markets and like all of them and i think like to start with Uh, Peter Finch and William Holden's character being just like friends and laughing even though he was fired even though he got fired he was like still laughing and like oh let's reminisce about the old times and then for as soon as him to get that as soon as he gets that show and as soon as they start to like milk the teat of his like unwellness then that's when both of them start to like spiral out from like decent people that they were and become these kind of like I mean, by the end, like, uh, Peter Finch's character, which I can never remember his name. Howard uh, Beale. Yeah, Howard Beale. Beale, Like, as soon as Beale comes back wet and, like, does the mad as hell speech, like, he's never well after that. He's, like, not even recognizable as the character that we met at the very beginning. And, like, the fainting every time at the end of his program, (laughs) being so staged and so big and, like, ratings grabby. Yeah. And everyone just... It's like that fucking episode of
3: Black Mirror... Yeah, You know, like when I first saw that, it it felt like a really succinct burn on this movie.
1: I I love that every single time he went on this rant, he would just pass out and the audience would lose their shit. (laughs)
3: They're just like,
0: yeah, he passed out. I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) I think, uh, well, to build off what you're saying, also, when he and Faye, uh, or not him, the other guy, and Faye Dunaway go on the date, she just talks about program oh, 100%. Time to where and that's where i'm like for the love of god let's talk about something else
3: <laughs> but that is I the think, point it's like
0: she's yeah. this
2: robot that's yeah, just like, yeah. blah, 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 like blah, it's blah, blah. so
3: good it's so good that they write that line that like she can't fuck like that is so fucking it's like <laughs> yeah. the best she's <laughs> like she can only do this thing she can only have sex for like 0.2 seconds like it's so fucking good well and uh, even like, in when sex they, she's like i was like uh, 2.4 yeah, <laughs> share
2: yeah.
0: Ah, like, can, yeah. it's so
3: <laughs>
2: crazy that it's, like, this is not existing in, like... This is, like, a a play. And, I mean, yeah. it was made into a play on Broadway. But, like, the writing is so hyperbolic and so yeah. extreme. And p- her character is just a robot. An emotionless, broken robot. Yeah. And, like, like yeah, Robert Duvall's a monster. They're all oh, monsters, yeah. but they're doing it to, like, the most... Extreme archetypical version of it.
3: Yeah. So like, I like. Th- oh, sorry. Go ahead. Why well, I, I was I just am, like the talkative
1: dude. So I apologize. Go ahead. <laughs> you're fine. you fine. I was just gonna do a quick detour to the opening sequence that Matt you alluded to earlier, where it's just like mm-hmm. they're both drunk, one of them just lost his job, and they're just like being pals, and they're like, Max uh, is t- is telling uh, that story. And it's such a jarring, because, like, he says a line, which is not particularly funny on its own. And Howard Beale just, like, cracks up. And I was like, what? Am I missing something? And then it gets to the punchline, which, like, it's a genuinely funny story. But, like, all of the laughter, like, that intercut the story just made me, like, what? what is this? What's happening? And then the same thing happens again when he's telling that story, like in his office and everybody's yeah. just like, every time he's like, and so I ran outside and hailed a cab and everyone's like, Oh God, he hailed a cab. Like, what, what's going on? Like, it's just think... so jarring to like, see this yeah. thing. And again, like when you get to the final punchline of the story, it is a really funny story, but I just, it's such a bizarre way of telling that story that I, I, I think don't there's really know two what
3: things happening there. Sorry, I, I don't no, mean no, to no, talk I, over everyone. If that happens, I'm so sorry about that. No, it's, all it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> that, okay. I was gonna say it's a pretty common occurrence, but uh, yeah, I think I two thinking... things are happening there. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I did it again. I'm the no, worst. No, no, it's fine. <laughs> go, ahead, no. go ahead. Go ahead. I think one, there is just an element of this movie being older, and like the way they tell stories in films, and there was always big reactions. I mean, it, it is an older movie, but I also think there is like another layer of like really cutting cynicism, which is this old school fucking like morrow broadcaster traffics exclusively and telling these like war stories that used to have merit in this workplace and all he can do is like show up and pull out this like really kind of pathetic story that no one around him cares about
0: and all they're
3: doing is like chiding him along and laughing with these kind of like nothing remarks and it fucking means nothing like no one cares about this time you had like an amazing moment of investigative journalism like that's not the business we traffic in anymore like he is so out of time in this movie yeah and then when he like
2: kicks his manuscript because he's like no one wants to read this book yeah. anymore every newscaster does this exactly. and no one cares no one cares about what i have to say yeah there's no life in this
0: yeah Do do you feel like, so I have two things. Uh, I think I've just come to realize now that I think watching this movie, what I wanted to watch was Magnolia. Yeah, the whole time. Interesting. (laughs) But the thing that's different that I've just realized now, and I think it's the reason why I didn't like it, is I don't feel like the author has any respect or love for these characters. I feel like they're all tools to serve a point, like, the writer... Because, like, it's the audience member. Who are you looking to identify with? Or, like, who's carrying you through the story? Or is it all I just think, everything is so removed? Whereas, like, Magnolia, you kind of have similar concepts, but you care for each one of those characters. And so there's, you're like meant to, a <clears throat> level of empathy that this does not have.
3: <laughs> I think you're meant to really attach to... Um... Howard Beale's character until like the rug is pulled out from you at the same time he like has a change of faith like you're meant to see that he sees all this as really horrible and crazy and he is so disillusioned by how crazy the fucking world is but then also he has this total change of heart and you start to like you attach to him at the outset and you are mad as hell or whatever it is but Then it starts to crumble, and you realize that they have just figured out how to commodify your own sort of rebellious instinct to attach to him. Mm -hmm. That's that's what
2: I. It's the very point of like putting communism on TV. Like the fact that even these people that had ideals were still sucked in and ruined by the system because it's like, oh, well, you can have a better life if you just want to like agree to all these terms. And I think. I do think it's an extremely cynical movie, and I don't know if anyone comes out clean at the end. So I think I,
3: I not... think that William Holden's speech to <clears throat> Faye Dunaway is like the the most succinct, honest moment you get yeah. in the entire movie, to just say like he says like cut all the shit out like we just need to have like a human oh yeah moment here. But I, that's it, right? That's all I see.
2: Yeah, but like yeah, I don't I don't know if anyone is decent, but I th- I think. Uh, like I said, for succession, none of those characters are truly decent people, <laughs> no. and like they're all willing to uh, trade away their like morals and dignity for money or for uh, success in the industry. So I think it is like
0: do they have they're... any humanity though? Like are you meant to see yourself? I've never seen the show, but like are you meant to like see some concept of reality in those people? Yeah, uh, I
2: mean the succession a little more, but like it's but not also have twenty
3: hours, you know.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was gonna and say. it's the people that yeah, I mean like Kendall and stuff like that have like pretty human moments that you end up relating to. I can see where you're saying in this movie like there's such extremes you can't relate to. Faye Dunaway at all because she's so uh, empty, <clears throat> and the way she talks about things is like an Aaron Sorkin like script robot. It's just like <clears throat> rattling off numbers as fast as she can about like concepts and everything's a pitch and saying like oh this person that I'm going to have on the show they talk to me about this like nothing is about anything but that and the the date sex scene escapade is a very like I think that is the most uh, satirical part of the movie it's like it's too ridiculous and too Mm -hmm. long of a thread for you to feel anything but like this is very much satire which i think in that point satire is so committed to like to showing how insane something is and twisting it yeah and making it that's just what you're gonna have to watch like that's what you're gonna have to experience is the most extreme version of that so you understand the enormity of it and like i think that's what this movie does pretty well is like is a satire it, it like Faye Dunaway's character is a satire of that yeah. like newscast or like a uh, television programmer and like Robert Duvall is scheming and like trying to like uh get his way to the top of this like news brand so like no one is heroic and if anything I think like uh the William Holden character Max uh I have to remember his name is Max Max yeah. is almost like Odysseus of like this kind of like yeah war veteran that's like just kind of (laughs) like fucking up on his way to figure out like what he does now and I think like Odysseus has a lot of like when you look at that character like a lot of flaws that aren't necessarily heroic and I think uh, Max's character has that same thing but he does seem to be real and grounded and has at every point been like I don't think this is a good idea and I think you should stop it and, like, I'm not going to stop you from having your own show now if you want that, deal. But, like, I'm warning you, this is not a good idea. And yeah. everyone else is very much committed to uh, capitalizing on this moment and this, like, infamy as much as possible. So there, I think Max is a character you,
3: you are supposed to relate to. But even yeah. think he I'd, gets twisted by it. I think that's the other thing, too, is, like, he is the one... Like normal character in this movie. A normal character with flaws and fuck-ups. And his fuck-ups are tiny compared to everyone else's, but he is not a perfect bastion of humanity across all of this. He's just like a normal dude in the face of all of this. So he also screws up and also just does things mm-hmm. to have sex or maybe advance his career, but he does seem to have like a human element to him that n- no one else in the movie does. Yeah.
2: Very inhuman. Yeah. Which I can understand that cuz that that is off-putting that like such a it's it's entirely cynical. Yeah. Uh and and watching the assassination played next to like the life commercial yeah. with Mikey so is like so awful and so like uh unsettling and that it's just all about ratings and about how they can pump out news blurb after news blurb. And I do think like the 2021 media cycle and how we've watched stories get twisted into a certain way or like somebody held up to be this kind of like heroic figure and how that gets twisted and how it gets monetized. And I think we are able to kind of see this now and be like, yeah, I guess this is kind of how it works totally with with this <laughs> level of power over people i mean you yeah. i can feel also this say
0: that with like instagram or tiktok people they're just selling themselves as a brand
3: yeah oh, right totally but I you think... need to judge yourself for ex- engaging with that as well right like that's the whole point of this movie is it has this like moment of self-reflection of this tv device is awful and toxic and all these other things but we also watch it like i think the end of the movie you're supposed to feel as awful about like a CNN or whatever as you do about this movie it's an I awful do. machine yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly but, <laughs> but do you watch it but do you watch it uh, do you engage with it at all ever okay well that's no. great and maybe that's like why this isn't such a terrible thing but I think now we have all of that and then all of social media and any amount we're engaging with it you like I, the movie is meant to say like every time you look at that tweet or whatever you're doing, you're taking part of this outrageous machine. Could you? you should, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. You should feel bad about it, I guess. Or at least acknowledge that they don't give a fuck about you. Like, they just don't care about you.
0: Um, I was just thinking, because when, when I just was thinking with 24-hour news cycles, and I was like, Adam McKay made a movie that was satirizing we making fun of 24-hour news cycles. And I was like, was that Vice? And then I realized it was Anchorman.
1: Yeah, that's why I was oh, yeah. like, <laughs> when I first started I was like, watching it this movie with the, like, because the, the narration is not, like, ultra-present in this movie, but there is some narration throughout. And I genuinely was just like, I'm going to have to watch Anchorman this weekend. <laughs> like, yeah. just, there's, like, no way that I can't watch Network and then immediately, or at least, like, fairly shortly afterwards watch anchorman which is not to say that like <laughs> those two movies are trying to do similar things but it's just like the the premise of of anchorman is so similar right like, <laughs> yeah it's so similar to like the
3: the premise of this um, i think nightcrawler's a lot closer to this yes oh shit exactly. yeah, yeah. And also, I was going to say, I mentioned this to Matt. I don't know why. He texted me this morning to do this. And, like, the first thing I was saying was, like, you should watch Brazil. But, like, Brazil is the other movie that comes to mind when watching this. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I I do think this is, like, kind of a dead genre. This, like, pure satire. Yeah. I mean, we have, like, comedic <laughs> satires or whatever you would define Anchorman as. But, like, a pure... Like message forward satire that isn't necessarily played for laughs, but just to kind of like get the message across, is not a thing we have a lot of. It's not a common thing in like modern media. Nightcrawler is something that immediately popped to mind, but it, yeah, yeah.
0: What um I know, I can't remember what you said, Matt, but I know that you get really pissed off when people say that Wolf of Wall Street is a satire, and I'm wondering what makes this a satire. That just watch that. It doesn't make that a satire because they're both embodying that lifestyle to the 10th degree
2: i mean but that stuff is from a biography (laughs) so like that stuff did happen and that's like they're real people i mean the characters are obviously like written up to be even more of a character like jonah hill's character i'm sure was not exactly like he was in real life but like the amount of cocaine and partying and stuff that's in Wolf of Wall Street was legitimate for what that era was. You don't think it's been
0: exaggerated?
2: I mean, it might have... I mean, very few things. Like, the dartboard. Like, the people getting thrown with Velcro against the dartboard or, like, people being naked (laughs) in the office. There's, like... All that stuff, like, actually happened. Which is, I think, the craziest part about it. And, like, Quaaludes and fucking Lamborghinis and yachts. Like, those are... That is a biopic about a life of exorbitance. This Hmm. isn't real, but this is presenting the ideals of media and of consumption and of capitalism as these characters to, like, play out a satire... Like, a a morality tale, basically. Yeah. Like, this kind of, like... They're all supposed to be not really relationships. No one really has a relationship in this. They're just, like pegs being moved around at the will of other people even the one executive who's like actually i'm not gonna let you get fired i'm gonna keep you because i need friends around because i think there's gonna be a media grab and then he dies of a heart attack and so then immediately (laughs) max is fired because it's like well yeah you're just here because somebody else wanted you to be here yeah there's no point
3: I, i just watched wolf of wall street three nights ago that's weird but um I also think Wall Street's, like, one trick is to get you to watch the movie and get caught up in it. Even though I do think there's an element of it that's satire, or... I think it's meant to, like, trick the audience into watching that and being... And, like, getting into it and kind of forgetting that they're terrible people. But, like, I think your immediate reaction to this movie is exactly why it's different. Which is, you watched this and you said, these are all fucking... These are all terrible people. Like, I had nothing I could relate to. And say whatever you will about Wolf of Wall Street, I think that movie is built with a momentum that, like, it is undeniable that you get caught up in the mix. You might mm-hmm. say Jordan Belford's a terrible person, but you end the movie being like, that was nuts. That was so crazy, and it was, like, kind of fun to watch, and it was, uh, you know, you don't have that feeling yeah either. You're just like, wow, everyone is just being churned through this machine.
2: And this like awful. It's
3: lifeless. Like at the end you're like, yeah. I don't want to be any of these
2: people. Yeah. I don't want to have their kind of relationships. Like and the way that they just like nonchalantly talk about assassinating a man. And they're just like, <laughs> what's the best way that we could do it? And they're like, well, we need good ratings for this. And like, well, okay, well, we could probably have this these people do it for us. And like, okay, well, if we might as well like get the like this slot. Like it's all just yeah. so like, you know, whatever. I guess like this is what we're gonna do. Whereas, like, Wolf of Wall Street, there's still human beings that aren't, like, plotting someone's death while, like, thinking through the TV guide blurb.
0: So, I just did a quick Google there of, like, best satire movies of all time. And I think that the reason that this one didn't register as a satire for me is because it's not funny. And the rest of them, right. you have, yeah. like, <clears throat> Death of Stalin, they're talking about killing someone, but it's funny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or, like, Borat is funny. Or what are some of the other ones they have? Jojo Rabbit, right. Catch-22, Sorry to Bother You. Like, those are all ones where I was, like, laughing and the message was, like, clear. Whereas this, I did not get the message.
2: <laughs> Which is, but I think that's why American Psycho comes to mind. Because that movie is not, like, funny. But it's so, so crazy that you're yeah. like, this is funny. Because, like, an ATM saying, feed me a stray cat, is outrageous is just there's no logic to that (laughs) but this does it with like i think a little more like maturity like uh, it's just about if aaron sorkin was a cynic he would have written something like this but like he wrote the opposite which was uh the newsroom newsroom the newsroom uh, that was on the newsroom which was on hbo
3: yep yeah it was on hbo
2: and it's all about like hey we can like we can inspire people through media and we can like cut through the bullshit and like yeah. we'll be loud but we're going to be telling the truth and that's what people want and like watching that show you're like yeah like this is what i want my news yeah. to be <laughs> and watching this is the opposite end of that spectrum where it's saying there is no fighting the machine it's just gonna chew you up and spit you out
3: yeah They're i do different. think I do think Howard Beale, I, I like genuinely believe for the first 45 minutes of this movie, you are meant to believe Howard Beale is like Will McAvoy's why America isn't the greatest country in the world anymore. Speech. Absolutely. Like I think, mm-hmm. yeah, you're meant to really feel his and connect to his disillusionment. And it's well, only when he goes deeper in and things open hmm. up more, you realize how kind of trivial it is Mm -hmm. for sure because I think that
1: so yeah I I agree with you because I think the like the bullshit speech that everybody gets on board with it's like oh yeah yeah." you don't as the audience we don't get a lot of the speech you know like it starts there and then it cuts to like the production room so we're just hearing bits and pieces but like Max is like no we're not going to cut him off like if this is how he wants to go down this is how he wants to go down but, like, the bits and pieces that you do here, you're just like, yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, that exactly. 100% checks out. I totally feel that. And so you can see why all these people, and even the, like, the mad as hell speech, like, you can see everyone why goes out are to, going their to their windows. And yeah. are screaming, I'm mad as hell. Cause, like,
3: yeah,
1: I, there were times in this last year where all of us would have wanted to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I did think it was funny when people. <laughs> <laughs> and it like showed all those shots of people like screaming out their windows. And I remembered back in like early quarantine when people were just like opening their windows and banging pots together. Mm-hmm. It was just like a weird thing that we did a year ago. But anyway. Did I ever
0: tell you once I was walking down the street and someone just opened their window and screamed? <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, no. But yeah, no, I, I like, I think
1: you're absolutely right. Kai. Up to. Up to a certain point, you're, like, 100% on board with everything yeah. that he's selling you. But then it does get to a point where you're just like, okay. like, yeah, as, exactly. like you're Like, you, as the audience watching this movie, are like, okay, I, I have to back out. But you can, like, I think it's interesting that all the people, like, that are in his, like, live studio audience and all the ratings and everything, people are just like... The movie makes people be like, yes, yes, still more and more and more of this, even though right. you as like the objective viewer like no no i don't want
3: any more of this yeah um, like America. the first time he goes out yeah. talks about how <laughs> stupid it is that we're even watching tv while he's on a tv channel like your brain is supposed to be like well what the what's going on here like yeah, there's yeah. a disconnect here yeah i think it's not satire to be overtly funny although i do think there are things that are I don't watch this movie and have a lot of laugh out loud moments at all. Mm. There are no like overt written jokes, but like whenever it's happened a million times already, whenever someone mentions a scene, I like can't help but laugh because it's just like so cutting and kind of ridiculous. Um, and I think that's also to the credit, the movie's credit, where when you're watching it, it is just believable enough. Even the Faye Dunaway's a totally absurd mechanical character. You never totally are just like, she's not a human. Like, I don't need to pay attention to her. You're still in just enough.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah. Even the line of, like, why me? And him being like, because you're on television. Television, Yeah, it's so good. It's so good. It's (laughs) like
3: my favorite shit. He fucking walks in that room. (laughs) He, like, he, he has his arm around him, and yeah. he's like, they tell me I can sell anything to anyone. And he's like, goes into that boardroom, and he taps on the fucking table, and he's like, Valhalla, Mr. Beale. That is so fucking good. I love that so much. And just the curtains uh, yeah. closing as,
2: like, all the light. You have meddled
3: were... with the Primal Forces. Of... It's so good. Yeah. Uh, Rubles,
1: <laughs> yeah.
3: I I thought and shekels
1: the sequence where they were like debating how they were going to murder him on live tv was hilarious like in a (laughs) like a deeply fucked up way but like i was cackling during that sequence (laughs) and then like one of them has a line like oh i hope you don't have any hidden recorders in this room lol (laughs) yeah duval's like okay
2: so if we're gonna kill him What are we going to do? I'll say it outright so that you know I'm not recording myself saying this.
1: So I thought that sequence was so hilarious. But I generally agree that this is not, like, a funny movie in the traditional sense. Like, I think that there are moments that made me chuckle. But I definitely, like, I wouldn't sit down to be like, oh, man... It's so, a you know it's a it's a light Friday night. I'm just going to put on network and just hang out with the pals. It's like no, I I want to watch this movie when I already feel terrible about myself and just want to make myself feel that much worse. Yeah.
2: I also think yeah. like there will be blood <clears throat> is kind of funny in the sim in a similar way. We're like it's yeah. so brutal. <laughs> and He's so... like nah.
0: <laughs> I would strongly disagree. There there will be blood has so much humanity compared to this, like. Daniel Plainview is an asshole, but you know who he is. And the thing is that he is an asshole, but he's a real person. These people aren't real people.
2: I think like, Max and and uh, Beale are. At least Beale is yeah. until a certain point. But I think Max is a pretty human character. That's like, yeah. like even when he's telling his wife that he's been having an affair. He's like, I don't have anything to say. Like, I, I, this is happening, and I'm, I'm not happy about it. But like, I don't know what I'm doing. And that character, his wife, uh, which also we could talk about that in the award category. But she was nominated for best supporting actress for just that scene, of just the scene where she's like,
0: after all all these years,
2: exactly. For for which one? For. My (laughs) mizalal.
1: Nice, you fucking crushed that.
0: Beautiful pronunciation. Uh, wow,
1: French, Trey French.
2: Um, but like that character, that dialogue between them is pretty human. Of just like, it's so, it's brutal. Why are you doing this? And where she's yeah. like, "You're in for a lot of pain, Max." Like, okay, I'm not. You staying here isn't going to make you happy, and it's not going to make me happy to know that you're cheating on me. So like. We're just going to have to do this, but
0: I like, did like that I hope scene. you
2: realize. It. Yeah.
0: Cuz it felt real. And, yeah.
2: <laughs> because it's outside of media. And right. I think that's what it shows the most of is like he's leaving his actual life of like reality and family behind
3: for more media to consume. It's a perfect media. microcosm of the entire movie. Like yeah. that is his relationship with Faye Dunaway is meant to like mimic kind of like a human element like the human beings interaction with like this kind of absurd media machine like he is actively yeah. rejecting something that is truly human and reliable and uh, established like a normal human to human interaction and instead he's going to go with this like fucking hot young blonde or whatever you know like this like stereotypical old man going with a young woman And she is part of both machines, but it is exactly the movie.
2: Yeah. And we get that right after her insane escapades where she's just rattling off ratings during sex, during the date, while she's like holding his hand gently by her face. And the next scene is him being like, and I'm going to leave my wife for you. And you're
3: like, what? That? (laughs) Who would,
2: (laughs) why would you want
3: that? Yeah. But then we also watch TV like 12 hours a day. So like, and, and, he and that's her the other. television
2: incarnate. Like he makes it very yeah. explicit yeah. that like she is yeah. TV.
3: And that's the other thing. Like we do all of this all the time, every minute of every day. We are exactly personifying what this movie is trying to say. We 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 watch all the te- We watch this movie. You know, like we yeah. do all of it. And even though we talk about how this movie's overblown or too cynical or whatever, it's like yeah, but then we're still doing it. Fifty years on, we're still doing it. <laughs> we're the coolest
1: <sighs> um i have i i don't really have anything else to say about the movie but i do have one other note that is like tangentially related to the movie but if people have other things they want to say about the movie i can hold off on my thing
0: hit us yeah,
1: Hit us, so uh robert duvall the first time he's in this movie is he's just like yelling about some shit and i was just like oh my god robert duvall (laughs) like take several steps back uh but it did make me think so this year i watched the godfather trilogy for the first time ever and in the first one which came out in 1972 i was like an hour into the movie i was like oh my god is that robert duvall like he just like it's so young that it just like did not like register with me that it's this guy he's that even, i have known uh, my entire
3: life in, uh, to kill a mockingbird right
1: and i was just like oh my god this is insane and he's then in to kill
0: mockingbird yeah
1: he's Boo oh he's boo <laughs> yeah he's boo <laughs> um, <laughs> isn't that,
3: is that the fucking name yeah yeah, yeah that's right that's yeah right. Radley. it's yeah. like i always th- everyone's got a weird name in that movie yeah he's the fucking guy he's the guy he's the mockingbird <laughs> yeah um
1: but yeah so that movie so godfather part one came out in 1972 and he's, like, barely recognizable. Godfather Part Two came out in 1974, and I was like, oh, here's our guy. Here's this guy that I recognize. <laughs> and then Network came out in 1976. So, and I was like, no, oh, this is 100%. If there was any doubt left in my mind after Godfather Part Two, this is what Robert Duvall has looked like for his entire life. <laughs> so I just, I find it very humorous that in the last couple of months, I have seen this, like, four-year snapshot of Robert Duvall to go from, like a young man who I didn't really recognize to old an hair. old man who has just been old for yeah. 50 years. And I was like, what a journey I've been on with Robert How Duvall. How old is, he? is he? He's old.
3: <laughs> he is, he's like he's 600 90. years old. He's the oldest. Yeah, he is, and he has, he has done every movie old. and he's been around forever.
1: You know, it's, you know it's a lot Dude. when like Wikipedia won't even put the, like the person's filmography on their main oh page. I have watched like, so the, many like, He doesn't movies. even have his own, you know, because, like, sometimes they'll, like, do a selected filmography on their main page, but then you can go to the other page and get, like, the full mm-hmm. thing. He doesn't even have a selected. Yeah. They're just like, nah, you got to go to the other page. Like, there's just too much shit here. We can't, we can't put this all yeah. on.
3: on yeah. Him and Dennis Christ. Hopper are, like, two actors that showed up in, like, the 50s that worked all the way up until, like, our lifetimes. And they're, like, yeah. the only two man
0: he was ned pepper in the original true grit yeah he was in mash too oh my god
3: he's in everything and also dennis (laughs) hopper is in everything yeah dennis hopper is in fucking everything oh my god and he was was always a villain too dennis hopper yeah no actually he started out as like he was in gunfight at the OK corral like he has been in every movie (laughs) everything and then he started directing and then he became the villain and everything yeah everything and robert duvall's
2: just grandpa's in things
0: you might be thinking of robert Uh, de niro
2: they're both just grandpa's (laughs) it is kind of sad though that they go from like badass characters that are like they have like so many different like pop i guess not really duvall but like to see Robert De Niro going from, like, taxi driver in his youth to, like, I'm a bad grandpa. It's like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> why, do, why don't we use him for, like,
3: acting anymore? <laughs> I have watched, oh, my God, everything you guys are talking about I've been watching. I watched The Irishman two nights ago. Hell yeah um, that movie rules. <laughs> I uh, Maybe, but... <laughs> um, that's fine
1: i i've known for a while that i'm alone on irishman island and i'm okay with that like it's fine we won't let him make it a podcast episode we refuse to let him do it i keep joking about doing it i think it's i don't think think it's that interesting i really like that movie but i also think it's mostly just keep saying i'm gonna make him watch it because it's three and a half hours long a
3: mob (laughs) i don't even care
2: about it i watched
3: i watched the irishman i watched casino and i watched goodfellas like in the last three days that's like a, the entire trajectory yeah, of say, Scorsese's <laughs> mob movies. So you watched yeah. the yeah. same Within the movie three times in a row, with that's slightly different actors. <laughs> there is none of the interesting shit in Irishman that, or none of the interesting shit in Casino and Goodfellas that's in the Irishman. I, I like the Irishman. I think it got it does not get enough credit. But I I think you have so much more Martin Scorsese interesting stuff to look at.
1: That's fair.
3: I also think we are in a total rabbit hole right now, but I also think silence by Martin Scorsese is like the most interesting movie that dude has made maybe in his entire career. That movie is so nuts. And the Irishman is kind of old hat for Martin Scorsese.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Um, to bring us slightly back, uh, sorry, no, 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 you're fine. Uh, again, we do tangents all the time, so it's fine. Yeah. Uh, Robert Duvall was nominated for an Academy award just, Six years ago for The Judge. You guys remember that movie? Yep, with the Robert Downey Robert Jr. Robert Downey yep. Jr., yeah. Hmm. Not a good movie. But hey, Robert Duvall, still getting nominations when he's 85 and mostly yeah. phoning everything in.
2: <laughs> it's crazy that him and William Shatner are 90 years old.
3: 90 years old. Yeah. He hasn't done anything, though, recently, other than The Judge, right? He I mean,
1: He has two movies that are, like, in production wow. or coming out soonish, but yeah, I mean, it's 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 definitely like tapered off. Oh yeah. fuck, he was in Widows. Mm. God, yeah, Widows weird. is so good.
0: William Shatner has aged so much better than Robert Duvall. Oh, yeah, <laughs> <It's> very true. <laughs> he does not he look did. ninety.
1: Robert He's Duvall super on, looks
2: though. ninety. Yeah. Robert Duvall looks like a saddle. <laughs>
3: like jack nicholson's (laughs) probably the same age and um oh fuck really that old really i don't know he's making movies he was making movies at the same time i guess i just assumed he is i I think think he's like in his
0: 80s yeah he's jack nicholson's
1: 83 yeah so he's not quite as old but he's that's pretty fucking old yeah because he was making movies like around this time
2: yeah oh my god harrison ford i think is 80 or 79 at least
3: what about um I'm not saying
1: that we should stop doing this because I am having a lot of fun, but I. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, fair Who's the oldest? I, <laughs> yeah. like, I do think that there's like a, a limit to how much our we can push our listener, uh, uh, one listener, <laughs> <Fair> <laughs> to enough. listen to us.
3: Google how old people
1: are. <laughs> <laughs> And it's always the
3: same thing. It's always like, oh wow, they're so old. Oh my god, I can't believe how old they are.
1: We're not like actually providing anything by the way. Who's the next old person? Oh, they're also really old. Shocker still old.
3: Yeah.
0: Did I I think I've told you guys that once one of my friends said Whoa, you look like Jack Nicholson right now. Oh. (laughs)
1: Because
0: I can do this with my eyebrows. Wait. Mm. This with my eyebrows?
1: Oh yeah! I so can then see I that. dressed
0: as Jack Nicholson from The Shining one year <laughs> yep. for Halloween, and I <laughs> cut up a cereal box and put it on my face. Like a Speaking of Jack Nicholson,
3: <laughs> I just uh, I guess that's totally anecdotal, but I also just saw um, Passenger, and oh my god, this is gonna kill me. Never mind, I'm sorry. We can talk about Jack Nicholson some other time. I thought we were just telling cool Jack Nicholson <laughs> anecdotes. He hasn't yeah, really he's aged, also though. He
0: yeah.
3: hasn't done anything in forever, either.
0: Uh, he just, like, retired. He did the Departed. I think he did. And he well, did, yeah, but the uh, Departed years ago. Yeah, super old. <laughs> it's
3: or 90s. older than the Departed. <laughs> he's mostly just gone to Lakers games now. That's I think like, he is retired. I think he's, like, actually... Same with... Uh, who's that guy... <laughs> Uh, From French Connection. Oh shit, Gene. Yeah, Gene Hackman. Hackman. Yeah, I think they're just like done. Did Gene Hackman die? No. No, no. No, he's still alive. He just retired like
1: 15 years ago. You can't scare me like that. I don't (laughs) know. They're old.
0: Well, I don't even know. What else is he. Oh, he always plays a terrible person, I feel like. Who? Gene Hackman? Yeah. Ooh, Gene Uh, Hackman's
3: 90. Gene Hackman, he's super old. No, he's
0: 91.
3: Hmm. But uh I mean Royal Tenenbaums is like his most famous recent role and also like his last role. He yeah, he oh did a couple God. movies Clint after Eastwood that Eastwood but he 90. basically was
1: just like I'm done here after. He
3: did really? <laughs>
1: Royal Tenenbaums. Clint Eastwood
3: was directing another movie like at this moment. Clint Eastwood directs a
1: movie like every single
3: yeah. like Stop. week. <laughs> like, he, just, <laughs> he pumps Stop. that shit out. It's
2: insane. We just don't need any more Clint Eastwood movies. Very true. does he
0: actually directing though? He can't not. everything.
3: He directs every. Oh, like, really? Uh, yeah. I mean, who, who knows? Aaron is like, yeah, 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 good, good, good. I mean, like, I, who famously, knows?
1: Famously, the, the baby sequence in American <laughs> Sniper, like, he just does not give a shit about directing yep.
3: to the point but where he also like, directed Unforgiven, which is like the, sure. one of the greatest Westerns ever made.
1: Yeah, but that was like 35 years ago. Yeah, <laughs> but it came out but it's in the a, 90s. I, it's a perfect movie.
3: Sorry, Tierney. Sorry to break it to you. <laughs> Nineteen
0: ninety-two. Not quite. I just worthy. mean that, like, he,
3: he was a great director at a time. I, I don't mean. Sure, I, yeah, I just yeah. don't want to, like, yeah. Nowadays, no, you're no, right. I'm, He's I'm not fighting, trying in.
1: I'm not trying to, like, denigrate his his capabilities back in the day. I'm just saying like now... What you're is saying is
3: pretty unacceptable. I just want you to know that. And he's the best director <laughs> that's ever fun. lived.
0: Although, <laughs> Did you guys see the Mule? Mystic,
3: <laughs> or, uh, Mystic
0: River was pretty good. The Mule Mystic
3: is River is bad. great. Was pretty good.
0: That was yeah. 2003.
2: I, Mule. I also didn't... I don't want to see the Mule. It's bad.
1: Or, don't uh, watch it. It's fine.
3: God. Uh, Million Dollar Cry Baby. Macho. It's pretty good. Cry that's Cry the Macho. one that's coming out, right? It's like the new one, isn't it? Or yeah, it's most the recent one.
0: It's a neo-western. Yeah.
3: I heard like a story saying it, like it's coming out this summer, or like some delay because of COVID.
0: It's based That on was the one book.
3: I was referring to. Anyway. Oh, he's in it? Um. <laughs> he's in it. Stunner. <laughs> <laughs> Is he? He's in all of his movies. I don't know, Utah. You're and he's got, me a looking it.
1: He's, <laughs> he's got
2: a hat. He's got
0: a hat. He's old, He's wearing
2: a little cowboy hat. Oh, he's very he is old,
0: in it.
2: yeah. <clears throat> he's gotta live forever. Yeah. He's drinking something that's like some potion, some witch potion. Was he um, filming
0: during COVID? That seems dangerous when you're that old.
1: I bet he doesn't care. I was gonna say <laughs> something tells me he doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah. He yelled at that chair
2: once, remember? Oh god. Pretend it was Barack Obama. He was like <laughs> This chair. I'm gonna tell him. Tell him all things I don't like about
1: him. Everyone's like, "What are you doing?" That was a That's really crazy. weird moment in all of our lives. Yeah.
0: I just sent you guys a picture in the chat.
1: Yeah. It's. It's a picture. <laughs> of the aforementioned
3: the mule. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't
3: know. He's done enough like miraculous things in his early career. I can't sure. ever totally go all the way on him.
0: This as person... to like. James this, Woods. Yeah, Fair. sorry, I, w- I was distracted by pictures on the internet. I'm sending you guys another. Oh mother, my God! This guy on the right looks like Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> a little bit though.
1: <laughs> Dwight Yoakam? What the fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah, Dwight Yoakam is old
2: Timothy Chalamet. You heard it here first.
0: Who is he? I don't even know who he is. Oh, my
1: God. <laughs> <laughs> Country music?
0: He does that... look like him. Oh, my God.
2: <laughs> put a side by side in the... I was going to say, episode. we're going
1: to have details. to put
0: this Just information... Google just Google Dwight Yoakam now and then it's just, it's just all. That's what all people in their
3: cars want to do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, I was
1: going to say. Oh, let me pull over so I can Google yeah, fucking Yeah, I Dwight think we pre
3: this podcast by talking about running and listening to podcasts. I don't. I don't think
0: uh, <laughs> I mean, Google yeah, t- image
3: searches. If someone, if Tierney's told gonna me pause someone her. looked
0: like old Timothy Shell May, I would stop my run to Google that person.
3: Who? Fair enough.
1: How does he look? <laughs> Show me this man. Oh goodness. Alright, should we so should we get to, to the me. categories while Tierney's sure. just going ham on Google image search right now?
0: <laughs> Guys, I found another really good one.
1: Christ. Um <laughs> I don't want to get a tattoo of this movie. (laughs) What are the categories? I have nothing. I'm sorry, I don't know this part of the podcast. No, no, you're you're fine. So we... um, At the end of our discussion on every movie, we debate if I were to get a tattoo something related to the movie what would I get this that was inspired by our, when we watched Mad Max and I was like how dope would it be if I got that full back tat that he gets forced upon him at the beginning of the movie
3: fair enough um, I would absolutely get Valhalla and Mr. Beale tattooed on my forehead like oh, no there question. Asked. <laughs> <laughs> I, there are so many good lines I was gonna this say movie. probably
1: like I'm mad as hell uh like that line So many good lines yeah I had no idea that that was from this movie and as I was watching the movie I was like oh hey There's that I I was familiar with, but had no idea. When I was a kid,
3: my brain always used to wire that, and it's a mad, 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 mad world. Like, for whatever Uh, reason, I would always, like, blur those in my head. But, yeah. Like, Uh, I'm mad, uh, mad, 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 mad mad as hell. Yeah. I guess, (laughs) I don't know. I think I saw a poster or something. I don't know. With
2: a tagline. Who knows? Interesting. There was that one movie poster that you could get at, like, uh, Suncoast and Sam Goody and shit that was, like, all the movie quotes and they were like yeah. with different fonts and stuff and some of them would like blend together. Oh, interesting. Or like, uh, it might have been like awards movies.
3: Quotes. Yeah, something blurred in my head that I always connected those two like word structures. Yeah. yeah. Um, would you guys spend time on this film set?
0: Nah. I think,
1: here, I think we know Tierney's answer. <laughs>
2: I was going to say <laughs>
0: like... It's one of the few movies I wouldn't... This might be my second would, movie I would Here's the thing.
1: Remember. What
2: does that they mean?
0: Probably, like, to,
1: like we would hang out while like they were we would filming. just yeah we would just be on the film set.
3: You have one of the greatest casts like ever assembled. <laughs> That's what With I was one gonna of say. The most like prestigious directors in the history of American cinema.
1: Even if I don't think that like being on this particular film set would be like a fun hang. Yeah. Like I would like being in 1970s New York sounds fun. Like I would do
3: that. Yeah. And like, I would oh. tell William Holden to tell me about Sunset Boulevard, and I want to know about like Twelve <laughs> Angry Men from Sidney Lumet. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, I would, or I fucking To Kill a Mockingbird from Robert. like. There, there's just so much like richness here that you would just like want to like grab onto these icons. Yeah, Personally, I'm with, I'm with sorry. it. I'm with Dude, it. What were you gonna say?
0: Oh, 1970s New York would be fun, but the set itself, there's just a lot of shouting. I don't think I'd like <laughs> it.
1: It's definitely not Tierney's vibe. That's true. It's a bit I <laughs> This movie uh, makes... I, I feel like any
2: actor who gets this script uh, would just have the most amount of fun. Like, uh, I guess Faye Dunway said that she didn't rewrite any of the lines. It's like the first time she'd ever went, at, went to the script with a pen. Because she was like, it was like it was written in verse. And so, like, I just, everything that was written is what I said. Um, but, like, as an ah. actor, this would just be so meaty. And yeah. so I would want to watch them, like, action. And then seeing, like, I want you to stand up out of your house. I want you to stand up right now. Like, that would be so fun to watch the craft of.
3: Um, yeah, it is definitely, like, really. <clears throat> every sentence has purpose. Like, I'm sure that's like a like a well trodden thing, but like when it comes to talking about its like screenplays, probably on this podcast, but it it just everything feels so deliberate. There is no superfluous dialogue. Everything is connected to some plot point somewhere that has a really significant thing. There there isn't a line you can just pull out, and it wouldn't degrade some other arc that's happening twenty minutes down the line.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, would you guys watch this movie on an airplane? Fuck yeah! I think I would. <laughs> yeah, I mean, of course, I don't like. I don't know if I would, which is not it to would. say that because I think the original intent of that question was like, would you feel comfortable watching this on an airplane? Because I think we started talking yeah. about that after like a something that would have been uncomfortable to watch. Like if an old woman, like a grandmother was sitting next to you. So like by that, I wouldn't feel uncomfortable watching this movie on an airplane, but again, it's
3: not. Yeah. This
1: one, this is not a movie that I want to like hang out with. Like, this is a movie that I appreciate for what it is. And I think it's well-made. So like, I can say I without won't watch this movie again for a while.
3: <laughs> I can say definitively without any qualifications, I'm like a junkie for looking up like clips on YouTube of movies without any qualifications qualms. I search this movie out and its movie clips more than any other movie. I really? I love oh so, without a without a doubt. There was just so many nuggets of this movie I like to watch because I do think this movie has one of those Amazing things that you can just like compartmentalize like five minutes of it and watch it, and it is just like awesome. It is like that is an amazing little scene. Yeah, sure. It has a lot of feels like a ton of like pieces put together like that.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think I would watch it on a plane, but I think I also usually watch stuff that's less uh, serious. Right. Yeah, I am
0: an anxious enough flyer that I don't need more anxiety. I need, like, right. Finding Nemo or oh, Moana God. or Paddington. To so that
2: point, yeah, to that point, <laughs> I watched three identical strangers on a plane, and it fucked me up, so... Yeah. Some some movies aren't meant to be watched in tubes
1: in the air. <laughs> You're not supposed to make yourself more tense in the sky. Uh, one of my friends, pre-COVID, travels a lot for work, and uh, the new Suicide Squad trailer came out today. And yep. so we were talking about how, like, it looks fine, period. Like, I don't really have anything else to say. Um, but he, he was just like, man, DC movies are really bad as movies, but they're actually kind of, like, decent plane movies. He's like, I like to just throw <laughs> on a DC movie and just zone out for, like, a two-hour flight. I was like, I could see that. Like, are <laughs> just yeah. very bad I movies. But, like, I disagree with that. I could see just, like, putting it on and then not really being like that invested
3: in it oh my god i'm the worst person after i watched casino and after i watched goodfellas and after i watched the irishman i watched fucking man of steel (laughs) and batman v superman and both snyder versions of that movie those movies are so like heavy yeah like unnecessarily heavy yeah
2: (laughs) they're like they're literally not literally but they feel like wet blankets
0: yeah just they're like
2: like Sop and yeah. like wait and
3: just like uh, like you're trudging those movies are yep. just agonizing that would make me feel like my plane's gonna go down dude yeah <laughs> I would not yeah. want to watch I'm out on I would that. not want to watch any DC movies on a plane I watched all four hours of the Snyder Cut I would not want to watch so a bad. second of that on a plane I know oh my god sounds about right we'll
1: talk about the Snyder Cut uh,
2: in I our, was gonna say wait, hold hold this?
1: tight Uh, So the last category, we always talk about uh, awards. So this movie was nominated for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine Academy Awards. Uh, Best Picture, Best Director, both uh, Peter Finch and William Holden were nominated for Best Actor, Faye Dunaway for Best Actress, Ned Beatty for Supporting Actor, Beatrice Strait, who Matt mentioned is uh, Max's... Wife slash ex-wife. Screenplay, cinematography, and editing. And it won. So Peter Finch won posthumously, which I found out today. Mm, that he, right. he passed away before the ceremony. And so he won Forget posthumously. And Faye Dunaway won. And uh, Beatrice Strait won. So well, like she, literally. She did win. She, yeah, she had that like one scene where she is just screaming at him for leaving her. And she won an Oscar for it. Good job by you. I think it holds the record for
2: <laughs> least amount of screen time for a person who won the Oscar.
1: Huh. That might be who? true. I know that uh, Anthony Hopkins has the award for the mm. best actor, least amount of time for best actor. Um, but she won for best supporting, so oh, right, that might be right, true. Right, of
3: course. Yeah, because yeah, he's, he's, on,
1: he's only in Silence of the Lambs for like 20 minutes. <laughs> I know, it's crazy. What's up, Tierney? Um, Sorry.
0: Who it won for best screenplay?
3: Yeah. So, yeah. Who else it won... was
0: nominated for that category? That's what
3: I'm curious about, yeah. So, uh...
1: Oh, okay, sorry. Um, so th- it won for Best Original Screenplay. It was up against... Cousin Cuisine. Uh, okay. French film that I've never heard of. The Front, Rocky, and Seven Beauties. So it beat Rocky, which won Best Picture that year, right? Yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah but... that makes sense. Interesting. It's, it's a better great. screenplay than it's a better screenplay <laughs> than Rocky. Well, no, it's yeah, interesting but I'm that saying that the Rocky category won.
0: is pretty sad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I all,
3: think... yeah.
2: Okay.
3: Well, yeah. Well, I'm saying
2: I'm surprised that Rocky won next to Network when I, I don't know. It's that it is more of an Oscar pin, I guess.
1: I like, Rocky definitely, movie. especially <laughs> in the. <laughs> So people who are so people person who is listening, you can't see what just happened, but Tierney got up to go like close her blinds in her room, but it just it timed out perfectly that she was like Rocky's a better movie, and then just immediately walked away. So it was like a real like drop the mic moment. Uh, so that I thought that was pretty funny. Um, yeah, it's I mean it basically it almost swept the acting category. Like, one Best Actor, one Best Actress, one Best Supporting Actress, and Ned Beatty was nominated for Best Supporting. So, like, it crushed in the acting category, but then, yeah, Rocky, for whatever reason, huh. swooped in and was like, no, we're going to be the better movie. Which, I again, and we talked a little bit about this with Amadeus, like, this movie, the fact that this movie was even nominated seems a little crazy, especially when you consider that it was in the 70s, right? Like... Rocky definitely feels like an Oscar movie, but something like this dark and like cynical does not about feel media. like about yeah like does not feel like something that the Academy would recognize. Yeah, but Which, then they did. I mean, they did. Well, yeah. sort of. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. Um. But yeah, it lost everything else. So it won like the acting awards and then best screenplay. Sorry.
2: Um before we end talking about Network the movie, I do want to talk a little bit about the Broadway play. Oh yeah, the cast was dope. Yeah. The the one that was like the big headliner was that it was National Theatres production with uh Brian Cranston as Howard Beale. hmm Which like oh
3: yeah i heard about that okay sorry i i i should have connected the dots earlier i remember that yeah it's a play by
2: lee hall adapted from the movie um but yeah it was it was at national theater in london and then it went to broadway and i can't remember who was in it uh on broadway but
1: yeah It it was cranston Oh, it was Cranston. Okay. Yeah, Cranston was uh, the Howard Beale character on both. <clears throat> uh, Michelle Dockery, our girl mm-hmm. Lady Mary from Down Abbey, oh, yeah. she played the Faye Dunaway character in the in the West End version, and then Tatiana Maslany, who people may know from Orphan Black, mm-hmm. um, yes, she, she played the Faye Dunaway character on, on
3: Broadway. Also, I should have mentioned this earlier, but uh, another like <clears throat> synapse just fired in my brain. The movie you were mentioning earlier under best adapted screenplay was Cousin Cousin, which is the basis for that joke in Arrested Development. Oh! I was, I almost said like Cousin's oh!
2: Danger Dangeru. Yeah,
3: yeah, 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 yeah. I should have connected that. I didn't like when you were saying it out. I was like, that. What is that movie? Okay. Anyways, yes. yeah, nice. I almost
1: said it out loud at that point.
2: That nice I catch. I, I appreciate
1: that. that. Uh, and we'll probably talk a little bit more about Arrested in a moment. but um, Why? Did something happen? Oh, no. Uh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just, <laughs> I'm I, sorry. I have to apparently break bad news to you. Honestly. Yeah, I
0: didn't know anything was happening either.
1: Oh. Uh, Jessica Walter passed away yesterday. We played Lucille oh. Bluth, which is, like, really sad. <laughs> and I spent, like, yeah. a good hour yesterday just watching assorted lucille bluth clips and like laughing mostly from or crying mostly from laughter but also like a little bit from sadness because she's so funny she's so fucking funny
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> she was so cool our jack posted something on a story and i was just like what okay <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no idea but, that she died
2: <laughs> yeah everyone was reacting yesterday alex our friend alex texted me and was like, Jessica Walter died! And then she was like, this is so sad. I loved her so much. And that was, I was like, if anyone was going to break the news to me, I'm glad that it was Alex. Yeah, that feels um, appropriate. But yeah, she was very sad about it. And Jessica Walter really was very funny. And on Archer, like, the delivery was Holy shit. Perfect. She's so she good. She just knew that, yeah. how to land a joke. Man. That's she died in her sense. sleep.
0: Oh, that's a pretty good way to go. I mean, yeah, like she was 80. She like 80. She, was like 80, she yeah.
1: passed away in her sleep. So, like, it definitely oh, could chance have been I'd worse. Be so lucky. <laughs> I mean, we all should be so lucky. <laughs> uh, yeah. I like the thought of any of us making it to 80 is just really incredible. Cause, like, oh, I feel like
0: I'll be lucky if I make it halfway. <laughs> and yeah, that's not an <laughs> if
1: indictment you make on it halfway any right of us, like, as people and how we live our lives. It's more an indictment on how, like, society is fucked. <laughs> But, but yeah, like the thought of yeah. me making it to eighty is laughable for a variety of reasons. But good for you, Jessica Walter. Um, I'm gonna <clears throat> I'm gonna go watch some Arrested Development later tonight. But yeah. uh, the last thing we do, Kyle, um, is we just talk about like what we've been up to in terms of media consumption lately. So okay. like what. Movies have you watched, books have you read, podcasts have you listened to, TV, et cetera, et cetera. You've already hinted at quite a bit of things. you have watched so, so much TV. more. Oh, my God. So <laughs> yeah, you don't, don't feel like I'm you a need f- to, to tell us machine. everything you watch. But if there's, like, a noteworthy thing or two or three that you want to shout out. Um, For sure. Yeah. So, I mean, do you want to kick us off or does one of the – Oh,
3: um, how about have someone else go so I know to like kind of rein it in based on. <laughs> <stuff. like> <laughs> I'm serious. I like, I'm obsessively watching movies like every day, so okay. I don't want to go overboard. <laughs> <laughs>
2: All right. I, well, I'll start. Okay. Go ahead. Should I start? Yeah, go for it. I didn't do very much. Uh, I watched another episode of Promised Neverland, which is an anime on Netflix. Uh, it's very good. Uh, I'm watching with my boyfriend who read the ma- manga. Manga and now is watching the show again with me and so a lot of the twists that I'm realizing are things that he's like waiting for me to experience so very twisty very sharp
1: is it Still like watching i'm not this is not to make a quality comparison mm-hmm. but is it like like watching the red wedding episode of game of thrones with somebody who's never seen it before like is it that type of like i'm ex- i'm so excited to watch you watch this kind of thing
2: kind of because like big big twists happen we are like oh that re that changes a lot of like the plan that they've established already and then they'll be like oh but actually this different aspect was also happening and like changes the- yeah it's very it like redefines itself and like it's a cliffhanger every episode. Interesting. Sometimes multiple times within an episode, you'll be like, "Wait, what?" But it's good. Um, and I watched the Snyder cut, and I watched it over, I think, five watches because it was so <laughs> excruciating to watch in one that I like watched part one and I was like, "I need a break." And then I watched part two and I was like, "I feel no." no draw to continue watching this, and then I just trudged through. That movie is not better than the original, it's just a, different, so,
3: band. You, okay. it's oh just a different band. You are so... It's just a different
2: bad. You are horror.
3: so wrong. Oh my god. I could not stand the Snyder Cut. Like, let's oh, be clear. Good. Also, okay. I, I, I hate that it is called the Snyder Cut. I, it... <laughs> Well, he, well, like to, be, the, to be
1: fair, it's not called the Snyder Cut. It's called Zack Snyder's. It's called basically. the Snyder Cut. It's
3: called the Snyder Cut. Like, the front page of HBO Max is like the Snyder Cut, yeah, and yeah, then yeah, it yeah. has like Zack Snyder's <laughs> fucking movie choices. I did not enjoy that experience, but it is so much better than the Joss Whedon one. Oh, my God. It, it is consistent, at least. And Fair. the Joss Whedon is just like a. It is a roller coaster of inconsistencies. It is I a did nightmare hate, yeah. of a movie. I did hate the
2: original Justice League when I saw it. And I remember being angry. I don't remember being quite as angry with the Snyder cut, but all of the stuff that I couldn't care about in the other one, I also didn't care about in this one.
3: But the, big, it, the jokes
2: yeah. were not. The jokes being gone. One made this a more excruciating watch, just of like it's so <laughs> joyless for so long. But like Ezra Ezra Miller's Flash has like lighthearted moments at least, and that was enough to like at least imbue it sometimes with like levity. That I would I preferred this levity over the Whedon.
3: I, I don't I don't necessarily care about the levity of like a superhero movie because like intrinsically, even if it's the darkest bullshit, it's still like. Zack Snyder's version of Batman and Superman—that it like it just has to have levity. They're not—they're not serious. <laughs> you can't sure. ever take them seriously. But it, it, like the the Joss Whedon version does not follow like movie rules. It doesn't follow storytelling. It doesn't follow any That's rules. Fair. It's like a totally incoherent mess. This is way too much movie. But it also adequately gives like character development for. All the characters on screen. My God, so, so does two or so three many. of which, <laughs> two or three of which you have had never seen before in a movie, yeah. which was a necessity. It, it, like it. I didn't enjoy it, but like it is a functioning movie that like follows all the rules. Joss Whedon's just doesn't do that. It, yeah. It's like, it's like pulling like. Pieces of paper out of a hat. It's just incoherent nonsense, and then also just like ridiculous shit, like the fucking mustache, <laughs> or the reshoots on the most absurdly bad jokes, and uh, I don't know.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, I, it is
3: a coherent movie that I would never have said about the the Joss Whedon version.
2: And I would say I think they're both pretty incoherent.
3: In you, you don't really mean the Zack Snyder version I, is incoherent the epilogue like, i'm gonna spoil oh okay, okay okay hold on hold on me. Hold on. I, don't, don't <laughs> I need spoil to put it a qual- i'm not spoiling anything i just want to say i need to qualify all of this by saying nothing about what i'm saying includes the epilogue <laughs> there was there's a hero shot at the end of the movie and I'll, I'll like quote red letter media like that is exactly what it should have ended and everything after that is fucking nonsense yeah total nonsense okay fine and Colin
2: hasn't watched it, so he has to watch all seven parts. Still, um, those those
3: chapters are no. trivial. They just let you know when to go to the bathroom. Yeah. there is
2: <laughs> there is more story, just like with Batman versus Superman, uh, the uh, Ultimate Edition or whatever. There's like more context to. There is
3: necesis net. Yeah, uh, there is necessary story for half of the characters in that
2: movie. I think I ignored what the original Justice League even was, so what I did remember was like, oh yeah, this is still a thing. But yeah. in any case, I watched that, and it was bad. And, Sorry. Uh,
3: no, no. Um... <laughs> I don't mean to get into a fight, because I, I don't like Zack Snyder. I don't like that movie or any of it, but I do think it's unfair to say it is as bad as the Joss Whedon version. Fine. And I feel very passionately about that. <laughs> um, and I can't remember if I
2: have watched anything else. I don't think I have, but uh, if I remember anything, I'll say it next week. So I really don't care.
1: Um, Um, Anyone else? I started reading Dune again for the first time in like a month and a half.
3: Uh, Read Dune like six months ago. That shit, it's rules. It's dope. (laughs) I just like so the
1: book is segmented into three parts, and I finished part two about a month ago, and I was like, okay. Like I gotta watch a bunch of these like potential Oscar movies, so I'm just gonna like put the book down for a little bit. Not because the book was bad; it just like, I did seemed... the
3: same. I did the exact same thing. Yeah, it actually. was just like a
1: good stopping point while I yeah. focused on some other stuff. And then a month later, I was like, I should probably pick that book up again. <laughs> I started reading it, and I spent like the first like, 30 minutes of me, like, reading that book again, being like, what the fuck? Like, all of the stuff that I had remembered from the first two parts had just totally left my brain. And, like, the terminology and, like, the the words that they use, I was like, this is just straight gibberish. So, like, I'm back into it now. It is good again. But there was, like, a moment where I was like, did I really fuck myself over? Am I going to have to reread this entire book? Um, So that's been fun. Uh, My... So my sister, I mentioned this. Kyle, every our listener knows this, and Matt and Tierney know this. But my sister and I, at the beginning of quarantine last year, and her, um, her husband, my brother in law, we've been rewatching all of the Disney animated movies. Um, oh, I have all of those on Plex. Yeah, so They're just anyways. like Go ahead. yeah, no, no, uh, but yeah, so like it's just been like my Matt sister's a that. big a yeah. big. Uh, like Disney fanatic. And I bought her. I have
3: literally every single Disney movie on my server, which I'm sure Matt has shown you how to access, but go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So like I bought her a book about
1: the women who were animators at Disney, like back in the day. And so like I got her that book and she was really into it. And that kind of the fact that we were like stuck at home alone and this was a thing we could do virtually. And Disney plus has almost everything that you could want. We were like, okay, great. Like this is just a thing we'll do. And so we've been like slowly working our way through over the last year um but this week we watched hunchback of notre dame and we looped matt in because we know how much matt loves that movie <laughs> and, uh what a weird dark a weird one fucking movie for disney <laughs> like and it's not so bad weird. it's just like very bizarre um like the pacing is all over the place like there i can't remember exactly what it was but they're like the uh, phoebus gets like shot and is like maybe going to die and then immediately after that we get like a fun jaunty little number about how quasimodo's in love with esmeralda <laughs> it's like oh, <laughs> these two things seem very out of place when put right next to each other <laughs> um but that was fun and then other than that i mostly have just been playing nintendo switch because i what are you playing well, I strong-armed Matt into upgrading his Nintendo Switch Online account to be a family account and uh, share it with me, so I've mostly yeah. just been
3: playing old it's Super actually Nintendo really games. He's devious. And <laughs> he split the cost. We he split did. the cost. Oh, uh, I wasn't just like, okay, hey, okay, okay. hey okay. you,
1: pay double what you're paying yeah. and also let me <laughs> take advantage of it for free. No, we did split okay. the cost. But um, okay. But yeah, I've mostly just been playing Super Nintendo games and just like Which really... Mostly Super Mario World, but, like, a little bit of Donkey Kong Country and uh, a little bit of Super Mario Kart. Which, like, I understand that most people prefer the Nintendo 64 version, but I am extremely about the Super Nintendo version. Like, that is by far my favorite Mario Kart. So, yeah, I've mostly just been just living in nostalgia (laughs) via... A you know a 21st century version of the thing that i played when i was eight <laughs> so <laughs> but yeah that's what i've been up to this week yeah. kyle do you want to go now that you have an idea of
3: oh yeah sure um i oh my god um okay so i want to say i'm a hu- i'm like a huge gamer like a huge, huge gamer, mm-hmm. and and like just on that like trajectory, I'm a firm believer in like games get better, and I, I, in like my mind, Mario Kart 8 is the best version of Mario Kart. But um, <laughs> is that the one that you I, have? Uh, is that the the one on Switch? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, it was on uh, Wii U and then Switch. Um, oh, okay. But uh, like on video games, uh, this game came out on Game Pass. It's actually on every platform, but it just came out on Game Pass for free called Genesis Noir, which is, like, so mind-blowingly weird. It's, like, this, like, 1940s noir mystery, but it it's set against this, like, love triangle. Oh, God, it's so hard to describe. Um, it's set against this, like, this trifecta love triangle between, like, a jazz musician, a lounge singer, and this, like, P.I., but, like, the moment this, like, murder event happens, it causes the Big Bang. So this, like, character is, like, literally traversing the origin of the universe. Whoa. <laughs> like, juxtaposed against... <laughs> Matt, you would love this so much. I it was <laughs> so weird and, like, it looks so cool. It, it Basically, like, there are, like, two concurrent <sighs> mysteries, which is, like... The universe is being created at the exact moment this like murder mystery is happening. So like you're literally traversing through like the origin of the universe to like find clues. It, it's so awesome. It's so weird. What? It looks so good. Genesis Noir. Yeah, I'm gonna check I, that I, out. <laughs> I feel like no one is picking it up, even though it's free on Game Pass, and it is so fucking cool. Um, I am replaying God of War because uh, like my original. Time playing it was a blur. Um, I just watched uh, *Gone with the Wind* for the first time. That movie is f- fucking insane. <laughs> I was really curious. Um,
1: I've never seen it, nor do I really care to.
3: But I was really curious dude, to hear it is how you were so you're end crazy. That. <laughs> it is so much crazier than like I could have ever imagined. There's so much dark shit. There's so much weird shit. There's so much smart shit. It's like hard to believe that this is like a like a a stepping stone of American cinema, like something that is so fucking weird is so intrinsic to anyways. Um, I watched a bunch. I watched, uh, I, I don't know. I watched everything, but <laughs> I watched a bunch of John Sturgis movies like uh magnificent seven and uh, the great escape, which are two oh, perfect nice. movies. I uh, bought
1: uh, the great escape. <clears throat> so I'm a sucker. I still buy physical media. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I am a sucker for Criterion flash sales. Yeah. And of course. So I regularly anytime they do a flash sale, I'll buy like a handful of movies that I actually have seen and want, but then I'll buy a handful of other ones just because I'm like, yeah, it's Criterion, it's probably worthwhile. And I've had my eye on the Great Escape, not because I've seen the movie, but just because the artwork for their version so good. is beautiful. <laughs> like uh, also I will in watch case the movie someday, but like, like right- back
3: to the so, like, back to my Plex server, I exclusively download the Criterion versions with all, like, the bonus oh, good. bits. Smart. But, uh, yeah, it's got the really sexy version of Steve McQueen on the motorcycle jumping over. It's so good. Yeah. I have, like, the artwork for my Plex server is the Criterion version.
1: It's Yeah, it's it's gorgeous. So I was like, yeah, I mean, I'm going to buy it. Eventually I'll watch it. But for now it's just, like, a beautiful thing that sits on the movie shelf and I stare <laughs> at every once in a while. It's amazing. <laughs>
3: Uh, I rewatched Man Bites Dog, which is, like, a totally, like, destructive... uh, Like, a totally, like, mind-warping movie, and... And then the same thing I've been telling Matt to watch over and over, and then he is eventually caught up to, is I keep recommending the movies Sweet Smell of Success, which I think is, like, a perfect movie. This, Network, another one on that list, and Brazil. Those are, like, the three that I think... I spent the last quarantine watching like all of the old movies i can find that i have never seen and those are like the three that are the most yeah mind-blowing to me
2: sweet smile success was very very good
3: yeah i think i i just i think it's amazing but i also think it is like this movie which is totally out of time yeah it is just as unbelievable then as it is now and i think this movie is uh, sorry i think network is in that same pool and i think brazil is in that same pool yeah okay that was a lot sorry (laughs) no it's fine that's great (laughs) tierney what have you been up to
0: uh i was just looking up their uh pictures of steve mcqueen because i uh saw that movie when i was probably like eight or nine and definitely was was in love with him that, uh-huh. that he's seems the like
3: coolest. A... He's like the coolest American, like and I was ever. Like,
0: I gotta look. I gotta look up his face again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> in fact, when uh, Steve McQueen, the director from Britain, right? first came onto the scene, I was like, "Thought that guy was dead." <laughs> I
1: did too. I <laughs> was, did too. I was very confused because, like, I am not familiar with not that familiar with Steve McQueen the actor's work. Like, I knew who he was. My dad was a big fan of bullets so like i'd seen some stuff but i wasn't that big of a like a fan and then i just started hearing this name steve mcqueen and i was like wait (laughs) that dude from like the 50s is directing movies now (laughs) what (laughs) like what's happening very different people yeah why
0: are we talking about this (laughs) yeah why are more people discussing this (laughs) i do love uh british steve mcqueen as well Um, of course hell yeah so i didn't really do much this week um I started reading The Hungry Road by an author that I cannot remember at the moment. Well, I'm listening to it. I'm not reading it. Um, and it is a movie about... Or a movie. <laughs> it's a book about the Irish famine um, and follows like this specific region in Ireland. And it is awful and is a little bit... Uh, <clears throat> reading it is a little bit like staring into... Uh, our future with food shortages oh, yeah. as the climate crisis worsens, so that has been really fun to listen to. Um, <laughs> and then I started reading All Creatures Big and All Creatures Great and Small. I think is the name of it. I wrote Big and Small down. Um, it's a BBC show about. Uh, I think it's based on a book. It's a re- redo of an old one about a veterinary practice in Yorkshire. Uh, it was pitched to me that it was going to have, like dogs and sheep and like lovely animals mm-hmm. but so far the veterinarian's hand has gone up a cow's vagina a cow's yeah. asshole and a horse's asshole and yeah. i could do without it
3: <laughs> i'm like what
0: am i get-? oh and then the the one dog to, to get its uh, anal glands expressed and i'm like can we do like an interesting veterinary thing my
3: dog just got its anal glands expressed oh yuck oh, God. <laughs> So that's um, cool. Sorry. I just want to <laughs> let you know I connect with your material. <laughs> I, to,
1: I understand your pain. It's so <laughs> I, I didn't know. do it. Right, right, right. I didn't Not know. that you, like, you understand that it's, it. like, an uncomfortable yeah. thing that had to happen. So, uh, <laughs> uh, so it's and delightful then, and lighthearted?
0: Um, you know, the drama part of it is fun um, in, like, the, like, way that a BBC drama of that time, like, sure. I think it's the 1920s. Where it's like, I like her, but I can't say anything about it. Um, (laughs) But it's like, I like their outfits a lot. um, That sort of thing. Um, And I love um, North English accents. um, Like, from either coast. Yorkshire is on the East Coast, I believe. Um, But I just... That's like... I mean, Harry Styles is from North England. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And the last thing... I've actually been listening to this podcast for a while, but I was like, oh, I could give it a little bit of a shout-out. It's called Griefcast. Very uplifting. It is uh, <laughs> about grief, and um, the host, Carrie Ed Lloyd, invites every week. Some I think it's every week. Someone comes on, and they talk about someone who they lost, but for the most part, they're all comedians, so it's, like, not entirely mm. depressing. But then at the <clears> same <throat> time, like i don't know if you've ever lost anybody it's like kind of cathartic if that makes sense to be like oh it's like basically going to what i imagine group therapy would be um but also like i don't know death is something that binds us all and so it's interesting to hear uh other people's experiences and also the people that matter to them that no longer are physically in their lives so shout out to Griefcast on that uh bit depressing note and no that sounds very nice though
2: I think especially because it sounds like a grief club the where like yeah. there's AA and there's like support groups there's like grief support groups where it's like this is like tough but it's the, it's the same experience for everybody if this is kind of like yeah, uh, universal thing so that's a great suggestion especially because it's comedians
0: mhm and the i think the host is a comedian um and she lost her dad when she was like young and so then you have like people who like maybe lost someone when they were a child yeah. or a teenager or later in life and that sort of stuff. so it's like a broad spe- i just find it really interesting but then at the same time it's like oh this is so nice i like it yeah i'll check it out Griefcast? Uh, cast yeah okay
2: yeah I'll definitely check it out, but I I think for now I'm finished!